continuing on in this series that we started last Sunday called Choices. Like we cannot get away from this simple truth is, is that the choices that you make are making you, right? The choices you make, so we got to take some personal responsibility this morning. The choices that you make are making you. So as I said last week, if we want like better life, if we want better relationships, if we want better future, then we have to do what? Have to make better choices, right? Not rocket science here. We, we have to make better choices to come to, to better outcomes. I, I think we all understand this morning that bad choices bring consequence, right? How many of you would say that you've made at least one bad choice in your life and you've experienced the pain of that bad choice? Yeah. I think we all have, right? I mean, we're flawed human beings trying to walk out our faith life. Um, now, on the other hand, I would say it's good choices that open our lives to good things. So our desire and really the purpose of this series is like, how can we make better choices? How can we make better decisions that really opens our lives to the future that that God has for us, that opens our lives to all that he has for us. I, I want to do a quick review from last week because what we talked about last week is going to connect into what I want to talk with you about today. Last Sunday, we talked about the power of pre-deciding, the power of pre-deciding. We said, with God's help, we'll determine our course of action before the moment of decision. God's help, we're going to pre-decide. We're going to determine our course of action before we find ourselves in that place of decision. So when the moment of decision comes, what we've already determined our path of action. Then what we don't want to do is we don't want to wait to a crisis moment or maybe an, an emotional moment, an emotional situation to determine the choice we'll make. We want to establish our values so that our decisions are easier and our decisions are quality. Our decisions are good. We're establishing our values. Now all of our values, we're pre-deciding our path of action. Well, today, you know, we want to talk about decisions in the midst of temptation. How many of you would say that you struggle with temptation? If you didn't raise your hand, you're, you're lying. <laughs> so now that we've kind of defined the baseline here, let me ask you the question again this morning. How many of you would say that you struggle with temptation? Everyone in the room, everyone online should be raising their hand. Yeah, I think it's, it's a reality for all of us. It's been said that opportunity knocks once, but temptation is beating at our door every day. Every day. We're challenged. We're challenged with the world we live in. We're challenged with all that we experience. Now, maybe one of the last places you would expect to be tempted is at church, but we set you up this morning. In your worship guide... There's a little, doesn't it, isn't that encouraging to know that we set you up? In your worship guide, there's a little brown envelope that says, do not open. Would you go ahead and take that out and, and hold it? How many of you have already opened the envelope? It's okay to be honest in church. How many of you already, no one? Oh my goodness, we don't even need this message today. We could just all go have coffee and like, I could save my voice. No one opened the envelope. Was anyone, it says, it said not to, thank you. Was anyone even like 
tempted, like, I wonder what that is. Okay. Yeah, so at least there was, there was the thought. You know, just as this little envelope was tucked away inside your worship guide and was something that you were not expecting this morning when you came to worship, so it is with temptation. Temptation is, is usually something that, like, unexpectedly shows up in our lives on a daily basis. Like the little envelope, you, you were faced with a decision. If you notice the envelope, some of you maybe didn't even notice it until I called your attention to it. But with this little envelope, you were faced with a decision. Like, will you, res- will you respond to the temptation or will you resist the temptation? Will you open the envelope and see what's inside? Or, or will you ignore the temptation and not open the envelope? Now, now, the good news today is there's not a bad consequence that comes with the envelope. Actually, it, there's a bit of a reward for you. So why don't you go ahead and open the envelope and take out the contents. Wow, like they sealed this really good. So in the envelope, there's a little chocolate coin. If you don't like chocolate, it's an opportunity to bless your neighbor this morning. Just pass it to them. Save it. Give it to your kids later. Then there's a card that says, did you make it? Did you make it? Because we tempted you this morning. We, again, we set you up this morning. Did you make it? And obviously most of you uh, made it. And you didn't open the envelope. But on the back of the card, there's a verse of scripture um, that I think is helpful when we think about choices, when we think about temptation. I think there's some insight here. So you have the card, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Let's read this verse together. Would you read it with me? No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He'll not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. You know, I, I think... This verse has at least three important truths for us. The first is this. We're all confronted with temptation. It comes to us in a variety of ways. But what's common for all of us is that we are consistently faced with temptation. Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, this is what I can tell you. You're going to be confronted with temptation. You're going to be confronted with a decision to make about something, some area of your life. The second thing I think we can pick up from this verse is that God is faithful. And he'll help us in our places of temptation. In other words, we're not left on our own. We have help, right? We have the Holy Spirit within us to guide us. John 16 says this, the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. I think thirdly, when we're tempted, God, the scripture says that God will provide a way out. In other words, he gives us an escape route, but we have, we have to choose that direction. That's why our choosing becomes critical when we're faced with a point of temptation. We can choose to resist, right, or, or, or we can choose to indulge. And the choice we make shapes the outcome. If we choose to resist the temptation, we can avoid the consequence. We can avoid the pain. But if we choose to give in to the temptation, we open our lives to the consequence, to the pain, the pain of decision. And all of us have had that experience. So we're back to this simple truth that's, that's really the thesis for this whole sermon series. Here it is. The quality of your decisions determines the quality of your life. The quality of your decisions 
determines the quality of your life. So you can't blame your parents. You can't blame the government. You can't blame the pastor. The quality of your decisions will shape the quality of your life. So if we, again, if we want better life, then we have to make better decisions. And I think there's no place this is more critical than when it comes to temptation. When it comes to what we have to deal with, what we have to confront every day in our lives. See, temptation is a reality that every one of us must confront. It can be a place of victory, or here's the other side of the coin, it can be a place of defeat. And the outcome is determined, again, by the decisions that you choose to make. When faced with a temptation that could be harmful, what do we need to do? We need to train ourselves, or we need to discipline ourselves to make the right decision. Now, I think we all understand this morning that we have an adversary, right? We have an adversary. We have Satan who's working to bring deception and temptation for our lives. We have Satan who wants to limit our lives and bring destruction for our lives. It's interesting, as you look to some of the titles given to Satan throughout Scripture, these are some of the titles. He's called the father of lies, the tempter, the deceiver, and the accuser of the brethren. So we have an adversary of our soul that wants to trip us up and wants to bring harm for our lives. And his number one way of achieving this is through temptation. What's his number one trick? Temptation. And we see this throughout Scripture, but let me just give you a couple illustrations where we see this playing out. The first would obviously be, let's go all the way back to the beginning, Genesis chapter 3. Where Satan comes to Adam and Eve, and what does he do? He tempts them, right? He entices them. He brings a lie, and they take the bait. And as a result, we have the crisis of the fall of humanity. And we have the crisis, or Adam and Eve had the crisis of all that they lost as a result of taking the bait, of giving in to the temptation. Here's a second illustration. It's found in Luke chapter 4. It's the temptation of Jesus. The scripture tells us that after Jesus was baptized by John, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, into the desert, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. And the scripture identifies three different points of temptation that the adversary brought to Jesus. And what's interesting is each time the adversary brought a point of temptation, each time the adversary brought a lie, Jesus confronted the lie with with truth. It's written in the Word. And it's interesting, at the end of the temptation, again, Luke chapter 4, verse 13 says this, when the devil had finished all of this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. In other words, he wasn't finished. In other words, there was another time coming. Well, just as Adam and Eve were tempted and Jesus was tempted, so we're going to be tempted. I can guarantee you that probably before the day's out, you're going to have to deal with this. We're going to be tempted. The adversary will bring temptations to us, and when that happens, again, we have a decision to make. Will we stand strong? What choice will we make? Will we stand strong or will we give in? Well, Peter gives us some insight into the challenge that's before us every day. It's in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. Or you can just look to the screen. We have the text on the screen this morning. Notice what Peter wrote for our benefit concerning 
this issue of temptation, concerning this issue of, of decisions, the choices we make. Notice he begins like this, be alert and of sober mind. Another passage of scripture says, be alert and self-control. Your enemy, notice your enemy, directed to you. Not just someone else's enemy, but your enemy. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion. What's he doing? He's looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Now, we don't know. This is just a bit of pondering on my own part. But I wonder, as I read this passage of Scripture, I wonder if Peter was thinking back to an event a failure, a crisis in his own life. He was thinking about, could he have been thinking about to the consequence, the pain that he opened his life to when he gave in to temptation? And as he's recalling that, possibly, I don't know, I can't prove this, but possibly he's writing this word of caution to us or this word of advice to us. If you remember, Jesus told Peter, Peter, you're going to, you're going to deny that you, that you know me. And Peter says, oh, Jesus, I would never do that. Like, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to die for you. The very thing that Jesus said would happen did happen. A moment of weakness and a moment of temptation, Peter did exactly what he said he wouldn't do. He denied knowing Christ. Now, I, I don't know again. I can't prove this. But either way, Peter here is writing to us giving us insight about this conflict, this, this battle that we're in, writing to us about the reality that we're faced every day with decisions that comes to us in the form of temptations. Temptations come, so how are we going to respond? This is what I'm confident of today. Three statements there in your notes this morning. What I'm confident of today is the devil's coming for you. Now, that's not encouraging news, is it? But it is real. The devil's coming for you. It's not a question of if he'll come. It's a question of when he's going to come and how he's going to present himself. Listen, don't, don't play ostrich and stick your head in the sand and be ignorant of this reality. Satan is coming for you. And he's going to bring his bag of tricks. He's going to bring his temptation to try to entice you to this, to wrong choices, to wrong decisions. So we have an adversary who wants to create chaos in our lives. And the main way, the main way he achieves this is through temptation. The Apostle Paul was certainly aware of this reality as he wrote to the believers in Corinth. Listen to what he wrote, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Paul wrote, I, Paul wrote these words, I, I wrote to you so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. Listen, folks, don't let Satan outsmart you. But he has a scheme. He has a strategy. And it's usually always somehow tied into a point of temptation. What he's trying to entice you to, wrong decision. It can relate to a lot of different areas of your life. What does he want to do? He wants to trip you up. So the devil, the devil's coming for you, and this is what he wants to do. He wants to destroy your life through temptation. 
I said, he wants to destroy your marriage if you're married. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your relationship with Christ. Matter of fact, this is how Jesus said it in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. So what's his strategy? He wants to destroy your life through temptation. He wants to bring this bait, and he wants it to be so enticing that you take the bait, right? And that in that, in that he brings consequence. He brings pain. He brings chaos for your life. And this is what you need to know this morning. You're not as strong as you think you are. Tell your neighbor this morning, you're not as strong as you think you are. <laughs> Here's another verse of scripture that's quite sobering. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, so if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful, be cautious, be aware that you don't fall. Be careful that you don't crash. You know, we can easily be caught off guard, and before we know it, we can find ourselves going down the wrong road and making the wrong decision when tempted. And what we thought, we thought we had the willpower to resist overeating or overspending or engaging in the wrong relationship or viewing pornography or, or what what. Whatever other area it might be that you're challenged with. What you told yourself is that you were not going to do it again. And the very thing that you said you were not going to do again, you find yourself doing again. Can I tell you why, friend? You're not as strong as you think you are. Be aware. Be self-controlled. When the temptation com comes, you, you, you give in instead of standing strong. When it happens, you, you're angry with yourself and you wonder, why did I do what I said I wasn't going to do? Have you ever had that experience? I know I have. Why did I do what I said I wasn't going to do, what I planned not to do? And because temptation comes in a variety of ways and because we're all challenged with temptation Really quick this morning, I, I want to give you three keys to fighting temptation, three keys to help you make better choices so that you can avoid the pain of making bad choices. How can we fight? How can we fight temptation? I'm going to give you each of these three keys, and then I want to talk about them for just a moment. But here's the, here's the three keys. We want to move the line, we want to magnify the cost, and we want to plan your escape. Are you with me? So when temptation comes, let's so say these three together. When temptation comes, what are we going to do? We're going to move the line. We're going to magnify the cost. We're going to plan our escape. Move the line. Magnify the cost. Plan your escape. So let me talk just briefly about each of these keys. The first is this, move the line. You know, rather than seeing how close you can get to the temptation without failing, what do you want to do? You want to move the line. Create boundaries or lines that guard your life. You know, if you're tempted to overspend on Amazon, then like give your password to a friend so you have to go through the friend to make a purchase. You say, well, that would be 
Yeah, that'd be a little difficult. Yeah, maybe you need a little difficult in your life. You need to move the line. Or if you're tempted to indulge in ice cream, friends, listen, don't keep four containers of four different flavors in the freezer at home. Well, you want, to, you want to move the line. Or if you struggle with pornography, and that's a point of temptation, then put blocks on every piece of technology you have. Move the line. Or if you struggle with alcohol and it's created problems in your life, then listen, don't, don't just go to the ABC store and just say, I'm just going to walk around and take a look. <laughs> move the line. Or if you're tempted to impulse buy, just buying stuff you don't need, like set a three-day wait period. I talked about that last week. Before you make the purchase, move the line and create boundaries. And listen, you're not doing this to restrict yourself. You're doing this to protect yourself. You know, the question that often gets us into trouble is how close can I get to the line without failing? How far can I go without sinning. I think we actually set ourselves up to fail because we don't move the line. We put ourselves in a precarious situation because we don't establish the boundaries. And what's interesting is like we don't do this with other areas of our life. We don't say, well, I'm just going to see how close I can get to the fire without getting burned. Oh, we move the line. You're driving your car down the road and the fuel gauge needle is on E, lights flashing, you need fuel. You don't say, well, I just, I'm just going to see how much further I can go. I'm going to see how close I can get. Interesting, a couple months ago, my nephew did just that, and he had to walk three miles to get gas. <laughs> Rather than seeing how close we can get to the line without failing, we need to move the line to guard our lives. You know, studies show that people overestimate their ability to resist temptation. We have this restraint bias that tells us we can re resist more than we actually can, so we, we put ourselves in situations that set us up for failure. Listen, don't do that. Predecide. This is what we're going to do. We're going to predecide to put distance between you and the temptation. Decide to establish boundaries that can guard your life from points and places of temptation. What we, want to, what we want to do is we want to move the line. Here's the second key of fighting temptation. Magnify the cost. When we give in to temptation and we take the bait, there's always consequence. There's always a price to pay. And depending on the temptation, the consequences can be different. The price to pay can be different. So what we want to do, though, is, is we want to think about what the choice could cost us. What could the price be? Think about the pain it could create for your life or the pain that it could create for those close to you. Is there anybody in here today that would say, hey, I just like pain? Yeah, I, I just try to open my life to all the pain I can get. So nobody would say that. Nobody would say, you know, I just want to make bad decisions so I can experience more pain and I can create more pain for people I love. Listen, no one, no one would do that. 
So when, when faced with temptation, magnify the cost. Allow the potential cost to help you make the right choice. Here's a great question to ask yourself. What is the worst case scenario if you give in to the temptation? Worst case scenario. What could the consequence be? Now, I have a, a friend who was a former pastor who wishes he had asked this question. There was a lady in his congregation who was having some challenges, and so he began to do some counseling. The counseling turned into a time of coffee together that turned into a shared dinner together that turned into an intimate relationship. And it cost my friend his marriage, the respect of his children, his job as a pastor, and his reputation. Friends, that's a lot of pain. A lot of pain. Today he's a broken man. Certainly he's forgiven. God's forgiven his faults. Praise God that his grace is greater than our failure. Amen. But he's going to have to live with this pain the rest of his life. And Proverbs 6.32 says, But a man or woman who commits adultery lacks judgment, and whoever does so destroys themselves. Magnify the cost. And faced with temptation, whatever it might be, think about what could this cost me? What could this cost my family? And predecide. Here's another predecision. Predecide that the price you'll pay is too great. It'll cost you too much. Allow fear of the pain to guard your life from giving in to the temptation. Now, this is one of the places that fear is a good thing, right? Here's the third key to fighting temptation. Plan your escape. Plan your escape. Know, know how you're going to remove yourself from the temptation. Know how you're going to put distance between you and the point of temptation. Then what you don't want to do, what you don't want to do, friend, is you don't want to like entertain the possibility. You don't want to sit around and think about, give place to what could trip you up or cost you. What you, you need to plan your escape. And, and that's exactly what Joseph did. And it saved him from, from potential pitfall or crisis. His story of escape is recorded in Genesis 39. If you're not familiar with Joseph's story, I encourage you, sometime this week, read the story of Joseph. But here's the quick summary. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. His brothers betrayed him, sold him into slavery. And Joseph then becomes a slave in um, the household of Potiphar, who was an Egyptian official. So high-ranking Egyptian official. Joseph is now serving every day in his house. And the scripture says... That God granted Joseph favor in this place of servanthood. And as a result of that, Potiphar, who's like the owner of Joseph, Potiphar gives him like um, free run of the house. Matter of fact, I want to read a couple of verses out of Joseph's story. Genesis 39, verse 6 and 7 says, So he, being Potiphar, left everything under Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything but the food he ate. 
Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome. He was a stud. Scripture doesn't say that. That's my interpretation. (laughs) And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, this was the invitation, come to bed with me. But Joseph refused. Now, Joseph made, obviously, the right choice. She offers invitation. He refuses. But it, it it doesn't stop there. The scripture says that day after day, Mrs. Potiphar continued to invite Joseph into an intimate relationship. She continued to invite him to the bed. She was continually enticing him. We don't know. Maybe she was walking around the house in her lingerie trying to capture Joseph's attention. But he would have nothing to do with it. Matter of fact, it's interesting if you read the story, Joseph actually moved the line. The scripture says that Joseph refused even to be where she was at. So if she was in the kitchen, he was in the living room. If she was on the patio, like he was in the kitchen. Wherever she was at, that's where he wasn't at. But the scripture goes on to say that one day, there was a day, When there were no other servants in the house, Joseph comes in to do his work. Mrs. Potiphar seizes the moment, grabs Joseph by the coat, by his outer garment, and is literally trying to pull him to the bedroom. Now, Joseph had already planned his escape. What did he do? The scripture says he he left his coat. Like he left his coat with her and and he ran. That was his plan of escape. How many of you know it's better to have a good name than a good coat? Are you with me? It's better to have a good name than a good coat. Joseph left his coat. He had pre-decided. He had planned his escape. He had determined that if she tried to force the situation, he would run. Rather than trying to stay and resist, resist the temptation, Joseph ran from it. And I think that's a great model for us. Before the temptation comes, predecide your escape. Predecide how you're going to remove yourself from the temptation. Let me take you back to the verse we read earlier, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It's on the little card that we gave you. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, notice what the scripture says, he will provide a way out, right? He's going to give you an escape route. He's going to provide a way out so that we can move from a place of potential crisis to a a place of safety. So God's going to provide the way out, but what we have to choose the way, right? So now we're back to our decisions. We have to plan our escape. We have to pre-decide that we're not going to entertain the temptation, but that we're going to run. So plan your escape. It was interesting as the disciples were with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane just before Jesus was going to the cross. Jesus said these words found in Matthew 26, verse 41. He said this to the disciples, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Notice the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray. Jesus said, watch and pray. Peter says, 1 Peter 5, 8, Peter says, be self-controlled, and alert. Be sober-minded. 
Not only is our flesh weak, but we have an adversary that wants to wreck our lives through the means of temptation. Listen, friends, the devil's going to attack you, and you're not as strong as you think you are. Let me say it again. The devil's going to attack you through temptation. He's going to entice you. He's going to invite you. And you're not as strong as you think you are. So what do you want to do? You want to move the line, magnify the cost, plan your escape. You want to pre-decide before the temptation comes. How are you going to respond? So that when the temptation comes, you make the right choice. And it's the right choice then that opens your life, not only to safety and protection, but it opens your life to all that God has for you, right? Well, we want to make the, the right choice. You know, we've all given in to points and places of temptation. I think it's safe to say today that we've all failed. We've all sinned. We made the wrong choice. But the good news for us today is that God's grace is greater than our failure. God's grace is greater than our sin. I love the scripture in Lamentations that says God's mercy is new to us every morning. How many of that's good news? It's good news because our flesh is weak. That's good news because we're often prone to make the wrong choice. So if you've given into temptation, if you have an area of failure in your life, don't, don't allow that failure to define you. Receive God's grace, His mercy, His forgiveness. Be forward-focused, not past-possessed. Forward-focused, not past-possessed. Learn from your failures, right? But receive God's grace and His mercy to move forward a little wiser. So Holy Spirit, help us Move the line, magnify the cost, and plan our escape. Because this is what I can tell you, friend, this week. Happens every week. This week you're going to be tempted. Adversary of your soul is going to come to entice you. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I can guarantee it's going to happen. Not a question of if, it's a question of when. It's a question of what's it going to look like. So before that happens, pre-decide, move the line, magnify the cost, plan your escape. Amen. Holy Spirit, help us do that. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you today that, uh, Lord, we have help. Lord, the reality is, and God, you so know this, our flesh is weak. Lord, we struggle. I struggle. Our flesh is weak, and we have an adversary that wants to bring destruction. He wants to devour. Lord Jesus, even as you said, the thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy, to wreck marriages and wreck families, wreck financial stability, wreck future. Lord, that's what I know. Holy Spirit, I... I pray for everyone watching online this morning. I pray for everyone in the house. Because, Lord, this is what I know. We all are challenged with temptation. Holy Spirit, help us to pre-decide. Holy Spirit, help us to make right decisions. Help us to move the line. Help us to magnify the cause. Help us, like Joseph, to plan our escape. 
But what I know is our lives don't have to be wrecked by giving in to temptation. Holy Spirit, help us to make right choices that brings us to the great future that you have for us. With every head bowed and eye closed, possibly today there's a specific area in your life that you you say you're not going to do it again, but you find yourself doing it again. And you're angry with yourself. Like, why did I do that? I thought I wasn't going to do it again. So maybe a specific area that you're just saying, I continue to get tripped up here. I don't know if there would be anyone here today who would say, yeah, that's me. But today, I want to pray specifically for you. Because you've thought about just throwing in the towel. You've you've been so frustrated. You've been angry at yourself. You've even thought about, man, this whole thing of following Jesus. I don't even know if I can do it. If that's you this morning, I want to pray specifically for you. Is there anyone in the house would say, that's me? Just raise your hand. Yeah. Anyone else? I see that hand, yeah. Yeah. Lord, I, I just pray today for, Lord, I, I don't know what the situation might be, but I pray, Lord, for four or five friends who raised their hands. God, just that you would encounter them, encourage them, Holy Spirit, that you would energize them, Lord, that, that going away from our time today, Lord, that they would have new resolve, that they would have new strategy, Lord, that the cycle would be broken, that this temptation cycle that continues to limit their lives and wreck their lives, God, that it would be broken. And, Lord, that they would be able to walk in victory. Help them to that, I pray, Holy Spirit that live confidently in your truth. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.